2: Good morning millennials welcome back to the morning toast we've made it to friday friday gotta get down on friday yeah that's right it's motherfucking friday bitches and we did it
1: we did it another whole week in the can it's so
2: rewarding like and you know what and i say this i said this a few weeks ago but there's so much ahead of us And before we know it, it's going to be Monday morning. Right. So So there will never be
1: as much weekend as there is right now. Appreciate it. Alarm-free living. Let's get after it, guys.
2: Let's get the fuck after it. Hope everyone had an amazing Thursday. We have an unbelievable show for you guys today. We have so much
1: to talk about today. I am so excited to get into it. We got the Fast
2: Five. We have a TV recap segment where we're going to be recapping our first Toast Movie of the Week for the month of February, which is honoring Black History Month, where we watched... The butler.
1: The most amazing movie.
2: I didn't know I was going to be watching the best movie I ever saw. I just didn't know that at all. And so powerful, so emotional, but also funny. Like, it was the whole package. So I cannot wait to dive into that. And we also have Southern Charm. So uh, I didn't watch it because I was, like, busy getting drunk, celebrating being a New York Times bestseller. And as of this morning, a Publishers Weekly, a Wall Street Journal, and a... uh, What's the other
1: one? USA Today.
2: USA Today and also two major lists in Canada. So I think I can officially call myself an international bestselling author.
1: International, 100%.
2: So I was just like busy, but I want you to tell me all about what happened on Southern Charm because you said it was unbelievable.
1: I don't know if it was just me like being in a good place to watch a Southern Charm reunion, but I thought that it was one of the best reunion episodes I've ever watched of anything. There was not like one minute, one word wasted. I actually like usually when I come back from commercials, I fast forward if I miss, you know... A 30 seconds in the beginning right no big deal but I like literally backed it up back to the commercial so I could see if there was any like dialogue in between I just thought it was so good like let me know if you agree with me I just felt like all the conversations they were obviously it was part two so it was all the biggest conversations of the season and there was a lot about Madison and Austin a lot about Catherine and I just thought that it was so good entertaining interesting full circle. Just so good.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it in the TV recap. Yes. But um before we dive in, how was your evening? I had a, an unbelievable evening. My
1: evening was so good, mostly because I watched The Butler starting at around, I want to say four o'clock, five sunset. o'clock. Sunset. Nice. Sunset. And I was just enraptured by I this know. movie. And it really set the tone for the rest of my evening, where I just, I was like in my feelings and... Just feel like, just feeling everything. I know. But it was a good feeling, too. And I don't know, I definitely just cultivated a vibe without really realizing it.
2: That is the best type of vibe. It's the organic
1: vibe. And also, I had to get a wax yesterday, which I was, like, so dreading. I was just dreading the pain, like, more than ever. And so to be post-wax, to be the, furthest, to be the furthest away from ever needing a wax, like, I was just in a really good mental health space. Bliss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I ventured to Jersey City last night to go to the movies. I don't think this is a big deal for most people because AMC at their theaters like around the country are letting you rent a theater in COVID for a hundred dollars, like a whole theater. So I literally went with a couple of Ben's friends because they were celebrating one of his birthdays. so It was like 10 people. And we watched School of Rock, which was, I don't know who chose the movie. I think it was the birthday boy, the best selection ever. And like no one was in the theater. So everyone was like dancing at the end, like just banging their heads. It was so fun. The concession stand was fully open. I had Pretzel bites, pizza, popcorn, Diet Coke. They were out of Chicken Fingers, which was really fucking annoying. But it was just like the full movie experience, and even better because no one was in the theater.
1: Wow, that sounds amazing. Was The Legend of the Rent way hardcore? Way hardcore. And as I sat there drinking, I smuggled in
2: some tequila. As I sat there drinking, I thought... I cannot believe this man did not win an Oscar for, or a Nobel Peace Prize for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he just gives it all to he this gave character. gave
1: to the School of Rock.
2: The thing is, is that I think that Jack Black himself is probably very similar to Dewey Finn. Not Ned Schneebly. You, you get confused. You think that's his name. But he was pretending to be Ned Schneebly. I think, like, as a person, they probably are very similar. Like, just, like, love to dance and jam. So I don't think it was, like, that hard for him. Because he loves to pop and lock and, da- and jam and, and, break. and break. But... I just couldn't believe, like, we did not recognize this, this performance as an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, the Oscars
1: get it so wrong sometimes. So
2: wrong. And, and talk about a star-studded cast. Miranda Cosgrove, Joan Cusack.
1: Yes. Sickening. Sarah Silverman. Sarah
2: Silverman. She plays, like, this really naggy girlfriend. Ugh, she's the worst in that movie. Yeah. Every time she shows up, it's like, ugh, the killjoy is here.
1: It's such a good movie. Wow, I'm so glad you had that experience. And I did think that today you looked like you had a case of stickit to the maniosis.
2: It's contagious, and I got it at the movie theaters. Yeah, so you
1: might uh, want to just keep an eye on that. Obviously,
2: everyone was worried about COVID because, you know, we're living in a pandemic, but everything... They really sanitized the whole place. Everyone was wearing masks. But nobody really remembered that stick to the maniosis is also highly contagious. It's a rare blood disease. <laughs> and, you know... It got the best of me.
1: It got the best of you, for sure. Well, good luck in your recovery.
2: And if you haven't been to an AMC theater, like I don't think $99 is a bad price to rent out an entire theater. Mm-hmm. You bring 10 people. You and each then you pay get, 10 bucks. You get to
1: choose whatever movie you want to see.
2: Yeah, so I think if you want to see like a new movie that's like... In theaters. In theaters, it's way more. Yeah. But I don't... You can rent it at home for $9. Like, I want to go and watch Mean Girls. Like,
1: The Butler. It,
2: literally. I was actually
1: thinking, like, it's probably an amazing movie to see it in a it was gorgeous. Theater. Yeah. Like, it was so
2: well done. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about it. Can't um, wait to talk about it. So
1: maybe we just... Maybe we just jump right in because sure. we have so much to say. And also, we have a, if you're listening to the podcast, an interview with a very special guest, Meredith Marks from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, joined us yesterday, and she was everything of the sort. She did choose to engage with us, and that was... Which was, was so, such an honor. Such an honor. So exciting. So... So enjoy that and if you're watching on YouTube, head over to the podcast to hear from her because it'll she, be after We're looking at the season holistically and talking about her experience as a disengager. disengager, and just as a housewife, a first yeah. time housewife, and it's all very exciting. Yeah,
2: she's just a fabulous woman. I was so excited to talk to her.
1: Yeah. Um so, so without further ado, you think? I think so. Fabulous. Without further ado, it is time for the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And while you're not
2: incorrect, I do think it's important heading into the weekend that everyone remembers, if you've got a case of the RDH, you know what'll help? Mm. Usual Wines. Oh, yes. They're for the modern drinker, where each of their bottles is 6.3 ounces, which is a heavy pour, or about a glass and a half of wine. So there's no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish the bottle. Because of the single serve format and bottle designs, Usual is always fresh, so you'll have no more flat, bubbly or stale rosé. Their wines are all low-carb and have zero grams of sugar. They have a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Brut. They also have the Usual Spritz, which is a low alcohol, low-calorie wine spritzer that's made of sparkling wine and guava juice. So it's like a White claw but for grown-ups each of the servings have just 83 calories so usual wines just like keeps everything in mind they keep the caloric density in mind they keep the portion size in mind they've just got wine covered from a to z and they offer different types of wine and there's just no reason that you shouldn't be drinking usual wine
1: yeah they've got wines down to a science
2: you said it not me go check out their website which is www.usualwines.com and use our discount code TOAST for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Again, that's usualwines.com and use our discount code TOAST for $8 off your first order. And try your first glass on us.
1: Love it. Okay, first story. Ryan Seacrest exits as host of Ease Live from the Red Carpet.
2: I feel like he's really had one foot out the door like for the last few years. I
1: know, but it's... It's crazy that he's, like, making it official, but also it's a good time to make it official when there's really, like, no red carpets, so by the time they all come back, it'll be like, Ryan, who?
2: Also, this just reminded me that I had the weirdest dream about Juliana Rancic. Like, she was, like, at this, like, beach birthday party with the Kardashians. It was so bizarre. Like, why do I dream about these things? I'll never know.
1: Sounds entertaining, Sounds like I bring my work home with me. Yeah, it does. (laughs) The (laughs) longtime figure on E's Live from the Red Carpet is stepping away from the award show Grind. He said, quote, after 14 years of hosting E's live from the red carpet, I've decided to move on to new adventures. I'll miss the whole crew that worked so hard behind the scenes. And of course, my amazing partner, Juliana. Thanks to everyone for watching all these years. You know, that's a big blow for E because they just have not had a good few years in terms of content. But everything must come to an end. And you know what? It's exciting for whoever's going to come up and fill this spot. Honestly, now there's there's an opportunity. There's a job open and They have some really good hosting talent, Eddie, and I look forward to seeing who gets this position. I feel like it'll probably be Jason Kennedy just, like, moving up, but then that means someone gets Jason's spot. Right. Oh, that's true.
2: I do think that... Justin Sylvester is like the future Ryan Seacrest of E! He's the man for the job. If he doesn't get snatched up by like the Today Show like that's how big of a star he is and how good at his job he is but I also think like him and Tanya Rad are like this new generation of red carpets like uh, Tanya's been doing E! red carpets now for like a few years and like it's not always the main thing but she's like they're both getting up there and I do think like that's the future of the network and I'm so pleased with it that gives me hope for E when like honestly for the last like remember when they thought busy tonight was a good idea like they obviously have a judgment problem
1: yeah no but they do really get it right when it comes to hosts and they have a lot of hosts who are young and coming up who are really really talented obviously Tanya Justin Aaron Lynn Zuri Zuri Hall there are just so many great Carissa Carissa, Nina. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to hosting, E! is still where you want to be.
2: Yes. No, they've actually done a good job of, like, transitioning from E! News to Daily Pop. Like, their news programming is good. But what they fill the rest of the hours with, like, reality shows, they just cannot seem to get it right.
1: Right. I... Would imagine, though, that those are two different departments with different heads. I agree. And one person's doing a really good job. One person's getting
2: fired and one person's not, essentially. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I think this is just exciting hosting news. Goodbye to Ryan Seacrest. He's he served us well over the years. So who would you think was the Ryan Seacrest before Ryan Seacrest?
2: Joan Rivers?
1: No, I feel like the answer... Oh, I, I guess. Yeah.
2: But I... She's the, she is the queen of red carpet. She invented red carpet interviews. Yeah. She invented Who Were You Wearing?
1: Yeah. I'd have to think about it. But yeah, I guess so. But I guess also before E's Live from the Red Carpet which has been on for 14 years with Ryan, it wasn't as big of a thing as it is right now. Yeah, but it was Joan. But it, it was Joan. But, 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 it but Joan called. is in a different league. Like, I don't compare Agreed. Joan Rivers to Ryan Seacrest. I just don't. No, I would never dare do that. Never dare
2: sell her name like that. But I do think it, it's good. Ryan Seacrest has got to give up, like, a few of his jobs. Like, there's truly only so much one person can do. And when we saw him have that, like, mini stroke on live television, we knew it was time for him to give something up. This is not even the most, like, labor-intensive of his jobs. I do think that, like... His low workload is not even going to be that much lighter. Yeah, it's like... He, it's three times a year.
1: This is three times a year and like not even this year.
2: Right. So it's like you need to take off one more thing from your plate. Like I just want him to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I worry about him.
1: I agree. But this is a good start for him and, and a great opportunity for someone else. I'm all, I'm all about it. What do you think is his
2: best job? Like he does Kelly, he does American Idol, he does the radio.
1: Yeah, He produces all of the, like, shows, Kardashians Kardashians and such. But I do think that Live with Kelly and Ryan is a great spot for him.
2: him. I think, though, like, I think Live with Kelly and Ryan could exist without Ryan. I don't think his radio show could exist without him, and I don't think American Idol could exist without him.
1: Yeah, American Idol is probably the biggest one. I just, who's watching that?
2: I'm not going to lie, like... If I were to scroll upon it, I'm just like always on my Netflix at the time when American Idol's on. But I live to watch people sing, especially when they're bad. So like I can understand people who watch American Idol. I just feel
1: like the percentage of time they actually spend singing in a two-hour program is like 5%.
2: That's my problem with those shows. Like The Voice you get so much, like you get a package about someone's life and family and they take them back to the farm. Like, it's so much content and barely any of it is actual singing and it's infuriating. That's why I follow The Voice on TikTok. They put every right. performance up, a minute of the performance and it's like watching the whole thing.
1: A hundred percent. I have a story later about um, Peloton, but this conversation is reminding me of a Peloton ride I did this week with Cody Rigsby where it was like a lot of Kelly Clarkson songs on the playlist and he just talks about how America is on the right side of history voting <laughs> Kelly Clarkson as the first American Idol. Like, she was meant to be the first yeah. american idol and you
2: know i think as a country like we have not been that united in, in so a really long. long time and i, I th- agree and i think kelly clarkson knows that and that's why she's continuing to spread her love and power
1: i totally agree you no know,
2: that's a hilarious no like analogy I,
1: he's we're gonna talk about him in a little bit but you would love him you also
2: see that um there's like a soul cycle host who's like getting canceled
1: Oh yes because she got the vaccine even though she is um clearly not very physically able very yeah Yeah. and she called herself an educator like in order to get it that's how like much she thinks and did she
2: tell people that on the soul cycle
1: well so I think that she I haven't looked into it too much but from what I understand based on hearsay so I might be getting it wrong like she posted that she got the vaccine and then people were like what the fuck why are you getting the vaccine and then she might
2: be the least eligible person in the country right
1: and then it turned out that she had said she was an educator in order to get the vaccine that's what I think that's shady
2: and like she is that's an educator right. but not yeah. I'm an
1: educator then
2: no actually my mother-in-law is an educator for uh special needs and she and my father-in-law just got the vaccine wow that's so or Just exciting. got it yesterday
1: that's so exciting I'm ver- Ben has
2: been like so worried about them I'm I feel such a like burden like it's just very scary like of course everyone's afraid of COVID but like when you're older it really impacts you more so I'm so relieved. Like at least, like for me, a little bit, it feels like the end is near. Yes, because they finally that's got really, vaccinated. It's that's so really exciting. exciting.
1: Okay, ready for our next story? Yes. Erica Jane and Tom Girardi's 16 million dollar mansion has been burglarized. What? Oh, 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 this is just weird. This is weird. Erica and Tom's mansion was burglarized last month. Oh my God, truckers for Tom. The truckers for Tom are saying, listen cautiously. No, they said,
2: something's awry. Did you hear that? Something
1: is amiss. Something's (laughs) awry. Something is not as it seems. (laughs) Okay, okay, so. Police received a burglary report late at night on January 22nd and responding officers discovered signs of forced entry through a broken window, authorities confirmed to Law 360, detectives are reportedly unsure of what was stolen from the estate. The Pasadena PD didn't immediately return Page Six's request for comment. Tom has been living alone in the house since Erica moved into Uh a $1.5 million home since they divorced.
2: Oh, I didn't know that he was still living there. I thought maybe it had been like a seized property.
1: Yeah, I think that this is just... Well, I mean, on the one hand, like we've come to learn that homes in California get burglarized. It's a common thing. It's a common thing, but I just think the timing is... Suspicious. Suspicious. Yes,
2: I agree. I mean, the thought of Tom being there alone, like, makes me so sad without, like, a burglar was there. Thank God he wasn't harmed. mm mm-hmm. um, It's weird. Just given the fact that there's so much unfolding, so much financial questions. Turmoil. Yeah. It's just odd timing. But again, it is a really common thing that happens in LA. But, I don't know. I definitely feel feel like there's more here. Do you know what was taken?
1: No. That was all the details that Page Six had. Do you think it was
2: Erica just trying to get, like, the rest of her stuff back?
1: Like, that is a thought that it's crossed Mickey, my it's mind. It's Mickey Minden, like, in a ski mask, like, looking for the Chanel. Yeah, it's a thought that crossed my mind. Yeah. But I'm not saying that that Mickey, happened.
2: Mickey's so ride or die, he would do that shit for Erica. A hundred percent. And we we stand a loyal friend and stylist and choreographer. We do. We do. And we, producer.
1: We he really has, do. He
2: wears many hats for Erica.
1: He does. He's Mr. Hats.
2: My favorite thing about watching old reality television, like, no matter what it is, is that you can find Mickey Minden in an episode of... Keeping up with the Kardashians, America's Next Top Model. Like, he has been on everything. Mm-hmm. And he, that's just fun to see. He
1: dances with Christine Quinn these days. Does, oh, yes, he does. Yes. Yeah.
2: In that um, playhouse thing. He's like, thing. if you're
1: not a fabulous reality star, don't talk to me. I don't want it. <laughs> Okay, next story, exciting news. The Super Bowl is this weekend. I will be making a homemade spinach artichoke dip and the weekend will not be having any special guests during his performance. And the truckers endorse that decision.
2: That is crazy. Like, people are trying to work here, truckers.
1: No, but they're like, listen, weekend, it's all you. You got this. I saw
2: some promo videos and stuff, like, getting me hyped. And it, honestly, it worked. I was feeling excited.
1: He confirmed in an interview on the NFL Network on Thursday that he has no special guests lined up oh. to join him on stage during his performance. That's good. I like, just let, let someone live. Let the town speak for itself. I, I like this. And I like that I know beforehand. That way, I'm not like, wait, who, where? Yeah. And then I'm like, weirdly disappointed, even though it's a fabulous fabulous show. Yeah. When we... We're at the Super Bowl. Wow, this is. They really just want everyone to know okay. these are truckers for the weekend. Can I stand up, open the window, and tell that guy to shut the fuck up? No, because he won't hear you. Then no, I think he will. Then you're screaming into the show. No, and my mic is, just, is over here. He's just a trucker for the weekend. Like, let him stand. If he does it
2: again, I'm getting up, okay?
1: Let him stand.
2: So, when we went to the Super Bowl in um, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and Justin Timberlake was the disgraceful Super Bowl performer. Yes.
1: Did he bring anyone out, like in sync? He brought out the hologram of Prince. Right,
2: okay. And then the night before the Super Bowl, we were partying and we ran into Joey Fatone. And we like 100% thought that there was going to be an in sync reunion. Do you remember that? Yes. And he told us that there would not be. Right. No, I have but I thought he was just being coy cuz like it's a secret. I'm like right. Joey. Right. But like I literally have a picture of us and Joey Fatone and I thought we like because we discovered he was in Minneapolis, I thought that we were like in, in on a secret. And of course he couldn't say it. But no, he was not lying. He was being 100% truthful that he was not performing. And I actually think like some people like Justin Timberlake like could have used in sync
1: oh you know what i totally agree i think that would have given his performance the oomph that it needed a little edge instead he got selfie kid and like backpack oh, boy right those not are not both...
2: backpack boy but the, he, where's he got backpack S- boy from selfie kid backpack Bo- kid is actually like went viral on the internet he invented the floss no, but dance.
1: like i feel like he was a background he came dance. out katie perry katie perry yeah yeah
2: but no selfie kid was invented like no no he was literally forced on us during <laughs> like when things go viral like it's very organic yeah literally nobody like cared no but some like talent manager in LA like saw it and was like I'm gonna make this kid a star and just like put him everywhere And like it wasn't even a natural thing like nobody remembered no, it. nobody
1: was like I want to know more about this kid yeah and it wasn't
2: a thing that went viral on Twitter like left shark like yeah. you can't make viral moments like that happen and there was some machine behind selfie kid like trying to make it him the next Jason Ramsey. Yeah, and it was so not going to happen. No disrespect to him. But I wonder what he's up to.
1: Yeah. I wonder, he I wonder what he's up to. Anyways, The weekend said, I've been reading oh. a lot of rumors. There wasn't any room to fit it in the narrative and the story I was telling in the performance. So there was no special guests. No. So all of our speculation from last week. If you're re-watching old episodes, just skip over that yeah. part. We um, talked uh, like at length. And ultimately, I'm here for this decision. I'm really excited for his performance. And I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl because I'm, like, going to be doing it differently because I think it's just going to be, like, me, Zach, and Bruce and my spinach artichoke dip. And I invited you over if you'd like to come. Yeah, I didn't know it was,
2: like, a family thing. Maybe now I won't come. No, no,
1: no. I think it would be fun. Bring Theo. And that way the boys could play. Okay. And we need to place our picks for once and for all. I did. You did. Who's yours? What? Um... Kansas City. Okay, I'm going Bucks. That's, I don't like that we're on different sides, and like I know, I know I'm going to lose. No, I, I don't really feel great about my choice because I feel like it's um obvious. I feel like I'd rather pick Kansas City and be wrong than pick the Bucks and be wrong. Yeah,
2: that's embarrassing. Yeah. No, my pick is officially in. I'm curious if the weekend is going to perform his Super Bowl in his plastic surgery fudge.
1: Oh, because
2: that's like fake, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, like, part of his new album. So I think no, because I feel like he'll be performing songs from all of his albums.
2: And these events are, like, historic. Like, it's not, like, a tour. Like, these live in in in, in a time in history. Like yes. It's not to represent, like, a certain it's era. It's not, like,
1: a moment in time. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I don't think he'll be doing the crazy face. I hope he doesn't.
1: I hope he doesn't <laughs> it also. scares me. Okay, so that's your pick, Kansas City. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Bucks. You
2: yeah, know, I just, I, I want to be on Jackson Mahomes' side and... That is... He needs you. No, he he does. I feel, like, very defensive over Jackson Mahomes because, yes, could he be doing more to help himself with the cringy content? Yes. But kids are so fucking mean to him, and I won't stand for it. And he does not let it bother him. Like, he just keeps going and makes more cringy and even more, like, embarrassing videos. And I kind of respect the fact, like, I wish I gave so little of a shit about what people thought about me. It's really admirable. We could all learn something from Patrick Mahomes' brother.
1: Yes. Okay, next up, a little biz fitness news. We have two biz fitness Fitness news we have two stories two peloton headline worthy news stories okay first peloton is spending 100 million dollars to reduce delivery delays oh that's their only problem yeah well there just is so much demand right now but if you order a bike right now it it, it says it won't come until april but now they are working ot to remedy the situation they are putting 100 million dollars into speeding up deliveries, including improving its air and ocean shipping and doubling the size of its customer service support to help assuage anger.
2: You know what? They, this is good, but they should have done this sooner because I think part of the reason why the launch of SoulCycle Bike was even remotely successful is because people chose it over waiting three to four months for a Peloton. It wasn't necessarily that they liked SoulCycle better. It was like, which one? They're the same thing. Which one can I get faster? Yeah. And a lot of people got them in quarantine, which was when Peloton's delivery window was the biggest it ever was. And when SoulCycle launched and they had like really quick delivery so I know a few people who only got the SoulCycle bike because it didn't have that that waiting list oh
1: I hadn't heard of that I feel like SoulCycle bikes did well because so there's so much demand for at-home workout equipment right now but I feel like Peloton is just through the roof no Peloton's
2: killing it like Peloton Peloton Peloton, to the moon SoulCycle like is nothing compared to Peloton but I think a lot of people bought bought SoulCycle bikes instead of Peloton's just because of the weight not because they preferred one bike over the other. Got it. Well
1: hopefully now the wait times are shorter. Everyone can get to riding. I got back on my Peloton this week and I just can't believe it took me so long. I'm I'm just but I needed a break, you know, and I needed to come back and like appreciate it. Yep. And also I was wondering but another story, Peloton instructor Cody Rigsby, who's my favorite instructor, mm-hmm. reveals that he has COVID as he cancels his popular class. Oh. So this is so interesting because, you know, a lot of people, celebrities, have covid but because he has it like he can't teach and he still isn't feeling better and it's probably going to take a while before he can yeah get back on the bike and teach because it takes first of all it takes so much effort and energy to do a peloton ride but to do it while you're having the most energy yeah talking keeping everyone up like singing you can't really be having any sort of health compromise
2: you know there are definitely like celebrities who have had COVID and are lying about it and just not telling anyone and there are certain celebrities who can't do that like if Kelly Ripa got she can't like she goes into a studio and does a live show every day so it's actually interesting to see people who are open and honest about it but also because they they can't not be like he's obviously not gonna be at work for the next three weeks yes
1: he said unfortunately I've been dealing with COVID-19 for the past two weeks he went on to encourage his followers to take the virus seriously he said I've never been more sick in my entire life So that's crazy because he's like peak health fitness. Right. He said he still has lingering symptoms, including extreme fatigue and a cough, adding that for the most part, I'm doing a lot better. So I just wonder when he will be able to teach again. And I was wondering where he had been because I came back to the bike and there weren't that many new Cody classes. Right. But I didn't think anything of it.
2: I also think it's interesting how like Peloton has created a new tier of celebrity, which is like celebrity Peloton teachers. Cody and Robin NYC are like two of the most famous Peloton instructors and I just think it's so interesting how like that's now a level of celebrity like he got COVID and it's a news story a
1: hundred percent and like wow I, I felt this way while I was Pelotoning you know a few months ago and I feel this way again where it's like if you Peloton every single day and you choose the same few instru- instructors like these people are such a big part of your life it's like almost like a podcast yeah and Cody is just so funny I was doing a class with him this week and he was talking about how um how when he was in school he used to have to like there was he used to have to sell magazines for the school like Nickelodeon. Right, magazine. right, right. And he yeah, to, like, yeah, like highlights. This con man used to come to our school <laughs> every week and I was just like laughing so like no, was, that's true. Like where do those funds go? No, and like these why are the kids selling magazines? No, it's so true.
2: You know, on my TikTok there's like a Cody Rigsby fan page that like literally pops up all the time to so, like clips of him like being funny and he's actually very personable. And you know, like when did I get married? Twenty seventeen. So, like, four years ago, I did this photo shoot with The Knot, which was, like, you know, influential women who are engaged, and I was one of them, and there was the, uh, this, like, beautiful WNBA player, and then Robin NYC, and that's where I met her, and I honestly knew her before now. Everyone ever knows she's famous, but I knew her before.
1: Robin is my second favorite uh, Peloton instructor. And she doesn't well, no, they're the tied roof. They're tied one and two, because it's just, like, two different vibes. Like, Cody is hysterical and Robin is like so inspiring right so sometimes you need one or the other do you want to laugh or do you want to cry right no literally if I've ever cried on the bike it's from a Robin class no no she's so wonderful and I think
2: I read somewhere she just gave birth or she's like about to give birth yes
1: so it's it's just It's very exciting. We're wishing Cody the best. And I'm just glad to be back in the Peloton family. Like, I definitely, it's hard to get back on that bike, you know. Mm-hmm. But I did four workouts. I've never work gotten
2: out... on it, so I can imagine how hard it is to get back on it.
1: I worked out four days this week on the bike. And I'm, and I'm feeling good. Yeah, no, I
2: worked out seven days, so you'll catch up to me soon. <laughs>
1: Uh, and also just a reminder, if you are a toaster who uses the Peloton app, use the hashtag Pelotoasters that way when we're riding, I filter by who else is a Pelotoaster and we all high five and see each other Cute. and that makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, it
2: does. And then it's like, you don't want to like do bad cause then it's like everyone will see your output or whatever. It's no, like but so embarrassing. Like, but,
1: but I don't even feel that way when I'm riding with my toasters, It's like, I know they're encouraging family. me. It's family. And also oh, if you want to follow crying. me, no, it really is. It's been like a big part of my Journey. Just my year. If you want to follow me on Peloton, I always get questions. My username is JackieOW, so, Jackie O W. So, yeah. Because I'm in pain. Um, I mean, no, because um, it's my initials. But, Follow me there. I think I do a really good job of class, class curation because I'm so big on music and I think that makes the class like yes. so. And I, I don't know if a lot of people spend the time to look at every single uh, playlist for each class, but I always do and I always choose the best yes. playlist. So I think that I do a good job of picking classes.
2: Yes, I mean, I've only done Soul Cycle in my life like probably 10 times, like I'm being serious, like in my entire life. And if it's like the shittiest music or music, I don't know, like it's the most miserable experience. But if you're listening to like sickening music, it actually is like, so empowering. Yes. Again, I've only done it a handful of times, but it i just going to get the seat right. Like, I can't deal with that, like, big stick on my ass.
1: Yeah. Speaking of
2: stick on my ass.
1: It gets easier, but...
2: I'm looking forward to talking about the Butler and Cuba getting Junior's presence in the movie. Right. Were
1: those the fast five? Was there No, more? we have one oh, more. Oh, sorry. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, our I mean, fifth I, and final is I gonna... do want to
2: let everyone know something. Should yes, I? Should yes, yes, because
1: our fifth and final is going to lead into a Southern Charm recap. So if you have something to say, say it now. No,
2: I do. And what I have to say is that. <clears throat> Snow is the sponsor of today's episode with over 500,000 happy customers, including, you know, we're obsessed with celebrities. Rob Gronkowski loves snow, Floyd Mayweather and Miss Universe. So it is teeth whitening designed to be pain free for people with sensitive teeth. This is me. This has been like, you know, when you get that sensitive thing and like your whole body Freezes, you can like feeling in your
1: toes. Yeah, it's literally it the worst. It starts in my toes,
2: sneaking <laughs> in my nose. So, over one point four million dollars have been spent in research and development to create the strongest teeth whitening kit possible from snow. It comes with a six month supply of whitening serum. So, anything, anytime your smile needs a touch up, you're good to go. The power of a white smile is, it's. It's powerful. I mean, it gives you confidence, makes you feel good about yourself. And if you have sensitive teeth, so you like cringe when you see people like chewing on ice, um, which I do, it's so, so painful. Then you know that sometimes teeth whitening kits or going to the dentist, like it's not good because it, it leaves you in a lot of pain. So snow basically has all the effects of teeth whitening that that are out there but then they really focus on having it be for people with sensitive teeth. I mean Jackie literally can't even brush her teeth with anything other than like sensitive toothpaste. Like yeah. it's a real problem and that's why a lot of people don't whiten their teeth so it's good to know about Snow which is like a company dedicated to whitening your teeth and also protecting the sensitivities of your teeth. So if you have sensitive teeth like us you need to go to trysnow.com right now and use our code TOAST for 15% off. Again that's T-R-Y-S-N-O-W.com com, and the code is TOAST for 15% off. Um, Snow has spent over a million dollars to create a teeth whitening kit designed for people with sensitive teeth. We decided to put them to the test. The gel definitely works. And I can say I've had no sensitivity like outbursts, which is just, oh my God, like you feel it in your brain. It's the worst. So try snow.com, code toast, highly recommend.
1: Okay, fifth and final story, I just realized that it's literal fake news. Um, Oh my God,
2: that's the worst. I know,
1: because it's an E! News story that says Kristen Cavallari proves she's team J-Lo after A-Rod and Madison LaCroix revelation because Justin Anderson posted a video of them working out, like... Okay, with, I actually don't think this, this is fake news. No, with the song Let's Get Loud. But then Kristen put on her story, and I had seen her story, and I saw this story, and I just realized how they intersect. She wrote on her story, So a friend posts a year-old video of us working out, and now I'm being accused of throwing shade? Fuck off, tabloids. I'm so sick of your lies and bullshit and clickbait. Can everyone stop trying to drag me into this drama mess, please? It has nothing to do with me, and I want no part of it. So maybe I Justin, so disagree with maybe her. Maybe Justin Anderson, like, was being... Shady. I don't think Justin Anderson but posts like this anything headline publicly. Of Kristen taking a stance in J-Lo. Oh, and a- yeah. Like no. That's fake news.
2: But I do think that there's a little bit of lies, but in Kristen's Instagram story because like anything Justin Anderson posts about this or with Kristen, like is approved by Kristen. Like they're they're best friends. This was such an intentional, not shade even, but just like so it was something. It was something. So just to deny it completely is a lie yeah I agree with that it was a little shade like there's something she didn't take a stand like it's not that serious but and she didn't post the video you know right it's too the tabloid took it too extreme but also Kristen's defense is full of lies like there's something there like don't lie okay well what a random song to choose it's not like it's a you know
1: current number one like everyone's trending yeah no it's it's a great song though
2: It's probably my favorite song, and I remember it being my favorite song at Bat Mitzvah season, because that was, like, really when the song came out, like, when we were, like, 13, 14, and I just, like, could
1: not wait for that song to come on. It's the best song. It's the best song, but a little Southern Charm recap, because I... um, Yeah, tell me what happened. I expect that you'll watch it. So, they... The A-Rod stuff doesn't come up again in the episode, but we lead off with Madison and Austin talking about their relationship. And it, Austin had said that just the night before, he watched all the episodes. He hadn't watched it oh. yet. And, like, so I think that he had, you know, this enlightening moment the night before where it's, like, I have to be done with Madison. She does not right. care about me. The way she talks about me to other people is clear that, like, I'm just nothing to her. Like, I, she doesn't care about me. And so he really has this, like, moment where he's, like, you're a monster. And I think that their relationship is so toxic. and. Yeah. I think Austin is clearly very wounded by it. But the way that Craig, Austin, and and a little bit of Shep... Shep Came after Madison last night. It's like no situation should ever be three on one in a, in a relationship between two people.
2: No, I agree. Like it's always been it's not ever really ever been a question about like, are Madison and Austin good for each other? I think most people would agree that they're not. It's just nobody's business. And like I love Craig and, and I do think he's not wrong in what he's saying, but it's literally none of his business. Right.
1: Also, Craig is clear in the second part of the episode. He's extremely drunk. Like and he's just saying during the reunion. During the reunion. Like they're all like drinking during the reunion. I don't what? know. He's not like belligerent but it's clear that he's just drunk. he can't stop talking everyone's like shut up please oh my god and also, I think that it's also clear that he has heard um the fact that he's pretty much right usually on the show so I think he just like he's getting is high drunk on, uh, drunk. and knows that whatever he or thinks that whatever he's saying is right and it's just like can't shut drunk up. on like his own power right and so I think he needed to take several seat, seats but I still love him and it was Course. really really funny but it was just a lot, and he was getting so involved in everyone else's drama, and was like, Craig, please shut up, actually. No, that's so
2: annoying. Yeah, it
1: was annoying, but also very funny. Yeah. Um, a majority of the rest of the episode was talking about Catherine's drama this year and the way that everybody else reacted to it and what everyone sort of wanted from her, and it's very clear at the point where they're filming, like, all the season was very frustrating to watch because it felt like she wasn't taking it seriously. She wouldn't have a conversation about it. She was just dodging questions, but at the reunion, like, you know she has to sit there and talk about it, and I felt like she finally really understood the impact of what had happened, and mm-hmm. she felt so badly about okay. everything. And I felt like you know that moment of of her being contrite and apologetic, like came, and it was genuine, and it was it, it was definitely genuine. I mean, it's literally a and year Le- so late. Her and but- Leva even off stage like had a moment of. Seeing each other, okay, and uh, like Catherine also accused Leva of, you know, using her mistake to come up on this show. And well, it does appear that way via the editing.
2: But I feel like now, as an informed viewer, I don't think that's the case. I don't think
1: that's the case. And Leva just is constantly insisting, "No, Catherine, I am your friend. I am not your enemy here. Like I just want to see you learn from this and move forward." And I think that the whole episode—it was just really. It ended on a, just a really positive note. Also, they talked a lot about like the legacy of slavery in Charleston yeah. and how you know some viewers, when you're watching the show, it's like you look at some of the cast members and it's like, did your family's no, own slaves? A, it's
2: a it's a valid question. And so they
1: have a conversation about the history and legacy of all of it. And I think that they came to a really good place in the end of like oh, just the things that we can do to to right be positive moving forward and end. Um, a lot of that hurt yeah and to be honest that's
2: why I feel like I was so disappointed in Catherine this season obviously because of the emoji thing but more so because like it was like this moment in Charleston and the Calhoun statue was like such a conversation topic and it actually did end up getting taken down and it just would have been powerful for Catherine a direct descendant of John Calhoun to have been a part of it and like that yeah. was disappointing
1: well they mentioned it on the Reunion, and she said that she was so happy to see it come down. She actually loved watching it on the show and and seeing how much it meant to Leva. She completely understood it and felt really good about the okay. decision. And so I just I feel like for a very difficult season for a number of reasons, yeah. like the second part of the the whole reunion really. Covered everything. And I just felt like it was a really big learning process for everyone. Yeah. So I, I think you should watch it. I thought it was I'm really I'm going to watch it when I get home. So, I just so like, got drunk
2: last night and I got home so late. Mm-hmm.
1: No worries. You're um, a best-selling author. Things happen.
2: Yeah, no, I just, I, I've i been like so messy this week. I did not watch any, I didn't watch Salt Lake. Well, I watched Salt Lake City before talking to Meredith Marks, but not in time for yesterday's episode. I didn't watch this. I forgot to edit the audio. Like, I've just been a mess. I promise I'll be back on my shit on Monday. I'm just celebrating this morning. I also made three Wall Street Journal's bestsellers list. Oh, did I say this already? You didn't go into it if you want to
1: just like, if you want to hit us with the numbers. you yeah, know, I made. Why okay. don't you hit us with the numbers? Sure, sure, because sure. it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the numbers are impressive. You're 100%
2: okay here so of course everyone knows I made number 12 12 New York Times bestsellers list number in fucking nonfiction. 12. number fucking 12. I've also made three Wall Street journalists. I've made number six in hardcover nonfiction, number three in nonfiction ebooks and number five in nonfiction combined. Wow. then um, of the 150 books uh, best-selling books in the country uh, according to USA today, it was the 22nd most popular book and that's all genre wow. kids, hardcover, non-cover all the stuff. I also made the Publishers Weekly list, the number 10 overall, number five Publishers Weekly in hardcover nonfiction. And then I made two Canadian lists. I have to say, Canadian toasters are fucking chef's kiss. Number six, and apparently these are big deals. Number six, well, of course, like that's what people tell me. They're not going to tell me it's not a big deal. Number six on the Globe and Mail hardcover nonfiction list, and number five on the Toronto Star hardcover nonfiction. Actually, I've heard of the Toronto Star. Wow! So thank you to all these wonderful organizations who saw me. I actually tagged Wall Street Journal books like in my thing and they responded to me.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, cuties. Hearts.
2: I said, thank you for this prestigious honor.
1: That's so cute. So you were busy. No, I was so busy and then I
2: like got drunk and just like things happened. But I did watch The Butler.
1: Yes, but just a quick Salt Lake City recap um, of the episode. Which I actually thought, like, considering it was an amazing season and this was the finale episode, it wasn't a very good episode. And it felt like the finale came out of nowhere. Yeah. um, But the big, you know, pinnacle moment was Heather and Jen talking and... I felt, well, I felt like, one, like, Jen Shaw finally understands how frustrating it is to apologize and have someone, like, not forgive you. But and I don't think she's self-aware enough to realize, that like, that's what she's right, been doing she's the whole like, season. Right, but she's, like, that she is stuck in that position now. And also, I just felt like Heather um, was, like, not letting it go. It was also her event, and she was making it such a big deal. And it's like, Jen apologized as much as she possibly could in that moment. And it was like what Meredith said on the episode, and she also says it in our interview. It's like, it's, you know, you apologize, and you can be for... Op- forgiven and open to moving forward. It's just those actions moving forward need to reflect your words. And so only time will tell. So that's my thoughts on Salt Lake City finale. I'm very much looking forward to the reunions. Like Me too. Because
2: so Mary hasn't been with I've the group been like all year. i for
1: reunions lately. And
2: by the way, it's the best part of the season. Even a bad season, a good season. I first of all love seeing them in a different element. Mm-hmm. Especially a new show. Like you really get to know them and how they talk and how they act and how they fight. And it's I love seeing Andy. Like it's really, and they ask like the shadiest fucking questions. Yeah. I love reunions.
1: I just want to say, another thing that made the Southern Charm reunion so great is that Andy is so interested yes. and involved in this show like he definitely I don't get the feeling that he doesn't watch it I think he has a lot of friendships with a lot of the people on the cast and he has opinions and it just it feels like sometimes he's just one of like the cast one of them yeah whereas on some of the real housewives franchises it's like he's very much the boss man and yes and I just thought that the rapport they feel like equals the rapport
2: was really enjoyable I agree that's a great call um okay we have to talk about the butler like I've been dying to talk about it um I loved this movie. And I feel like I'm, I was thinking like, of course I was excited to do Toast Movie of the Week, but like the fact that this movie, like that I might not have seen this movie, I'm just so grateful to have seen this movie. And I was a little disappointed when I learned afterwards, like it's based loosely off a guy named Eugene, but like most of the things that happened in the movie, like didn't happen in real life, but whatever I can, I can suspend disbelief and just enjoy this movie. That was so fucking star studded i could not believe it every they covered so much time in history so there was just so many people who needed to be cast Yes. when the movie opened and mariah carey was
1: his mom i was shocked i wasn't expecting to see her no totally as a student of history like the it spans, it focuses on, like, a 30-year historical period. And I just thought it was so interesting. And also, I was just talking about this on The Redheads. I love when, like, a book I read or a show or a TV movie that I watch, like, informs the next thing that I'm watching. And I and I feel like I know more about what I'm watching because of the last thing. Mm-hmm. So, I felt like with this movie, there were so many other mini-movies within it. like Selma. Selma. Um, I felt like it was reminding me certain moments of Black Klansmen, even yes, in, me too. in the 80s with South Africa and Apartheid. I was reminded of The Color the, of Friendship. And The Crown. And The Crown. And then also, um, in the beginning, when Mariah Carey's in it, she talks... I just read her book a few months ago, and she talks about how big of a moment that was for her to be included in this movie. Right. And like for Lee Daniels to See her. have her in it. And I just... I felt like so many things that I had previously watched or read were just... In, a part of this movie,
2: yeah, that's really, really interesting. For me, like the biggest takeaway I took from the movie was, like, of course, like i i I think it's amazing that, like I was alive and like living in the era when we had our first black president and And that's amazing, but I didn't really think about how you think of like slavery and jim Jim Crow was like so long ago. And it's not it never even occurred to me that there were people who saw Obama get elected, who were born on plantations, like the mm-hmm. story, like, and I, I didn't know they were going to cover so much time in the movie, but when it literally flashed to 2008 and he's wearing an Obama shirt, I couldn't believe it. And, and that's when I really, really got choked up because it's like, I think no matter, you know, your politics, like to know, to see the story of someone who was born on a fucking plantation, who then got to grow up and see a black man become president, like that's crazy. Like, yeah. I'm sure he never in his lifetime thought that he was going to see something like that. Yeah. And so I actually love that they covered so much of the movie. And I think they did so much time. And I think they did an amazing job of aging everyone. Like Oprah yes. and um, Forrest Whitaker. Yes. It was just an... Un- and also, like, the they did a great job of, like, um, setting the scene. It was fabulous and interesting to learn about what goes on in the White House. Like... It was just, like, this inside they look. they
1: had, like, two hours... Be- to, to,
2: to, inauguration. To, yeah.
1: And just, like, the... Uh- the different first ladies, it was just fascinating. I I just loved the movie. Right. From a historical perspective, like, seeing all of these different presidents, like, seeing Lyndon B. Johnson on the Take a dump, yeah. Like, (laughs) what the fuck was that? Like, no, but just getting a little bit more of every person's personality. And, of course, like, the castings for a, a lot of these historical figures were, like, so on point.
2: Minka Kelly as Jackie O and James Marsden as JFK, like, need their own biopic. Yeah. Um, it was no, just cast- Robin
1: Williams as President Eisenhower. Eisenhower. There were so many uh,
2: Alan Professor Snape as Alan Reagan Rickman
1: as Ronald Reagan and John Cusack as Richard Nixon. Yes,
2: who was such a freak. And then I loved, even though like I cannot stand Cuba and Jr. and the character he played in the movie is actually like. Loosely based off of him because he was, like, gross. Um, but Lenny Kravitz, like, I just... Could, Terrence Howard, I couldn't believe how, like, literally everyone who turned around. I think it might be the most star-studded movie I've ever seen in my life. I agree. And Forrest Whitaker was unbelievable. I'm sure he won an Oscar or, or a few. He was incredible. Like, just... Oh, so good. And I really... what Another thing I took away from the movie that I found to be so interesting is how he and his son, you know, had just completely differing opinions on how to exist as like a black man in a white world, where like for Forrest Whitaker, who was born on a plantation, like what he had was enough. Like he was just grateful to be off the plantation, whereas his son, who was born much later... It wasn't enough to have this like fake equality like he wanted more and rightfully so. And that scene where they're on the bus and they see a light and they're like, what is that? And it was a burning cross. Oh, my God. I just. Oh, my God. It just gave me such chills. Like when the second they realized it and then it was too late for them to turn around. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, it was crazy.
2: It was an unbelievable. If you haven't seen it and just it's it's. That's the type of movie that, like, changes how you see the world.
1: I completely agree.
2: I loved it so, so much.
1: I loved it so much. I'm, I'm so glad that we watched it. There were so many moments in it that just gave me chills, made me think, like, And it
2: gave me a lot of good historical context. Like, I'm not the smartest when it comes to history and, like, all these presidents. I'm like, who was good? Who was bad? Yeah, and then I
1: was doing, like, some Googling just to see more about certain things. Yeah, and
2: you know what I also took away from the movie that I really liked? Was that, like, all these presidents, like, were assholes. Like, all of them. They, like, said one thing and then they did another. And, like, they were all just pieces of shit. And I think the only one, and I didn't even, you know what else I really didn't think about? Had, like, I think one of the only presidents who gave, like, African Americans hope at the time was JFK cuz like when when JFK got shot after he made that very powerful speech uh Cecil and his family like they were just devastated yeah but for the most part like these presidents were assholes who did fucking nothing
1: yeah but then i was like well why did JFK get shot? I, yes, I, by the I, way, me too. So I went, I went researching, and like I really couldn't find an answer. And apparently, it's like a conspiracy. Well, it felt like and it had also, something to do with his you, speech. No, but then when you watch, like we watched The Irishman yeah. last year, and it's like there's like mob mafia. Stuff. Oh, you're and right. And I think there was when I was reading, I was on like Wikipedia and like History. dot com. I was really trying to understand. Like, no one could tell me like what was the motive because and it also, seemed like the person Lee Harvey Oswald who killed JFK was also killed, like, that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, by a nightclub person. But the movie made it seem
2: like he was killed for his, like, radical thoughts chance. on racial equality. Yeah. And so, I don't know if that's the case, because, like I said, I'm really not a history buff, but it just... The movie just taught me so much about American history that I'm, like, honestly embarrassed to not know. Yeah. Um, but it was just unbelievable unbelievable
1: if you 10 out of 10 watch it if you've never seen it and you didn't get a chance to watch it this week like this is a movie that and i feel like we just stumbled upon it because i I, I haven't heard of it as like
2: the best movie ever it's just like a great movie i can't believe more people aren't talking about it i know it came out like six years ago but so good
1: so incredibly good i i'm it's a movie i'm going to be thinking about for a very long time yes
2: i couldn't sleep last night like i was just thinking about it the whole night
1: yeah and i just feel like i'm so used to reading i don't know if you feel this way now that you're reading on a kindle but do you ever use Kindle highlights where you see Very something? Very rarely. Okay, well, some, when I'm reading, like, a really great book, I'll see something that just sticks with me, and I highlight it. And now when I'm watching, like, wonderful movies or television shows, it's, like, you in my highlight mind, I'm subtitles. like, Wait, like, someone says something, and I'm like, can I highlight that? Yeah. So that's how I felt about that movie, like, so many highlights.
2: That's also the type of, oh, my God, excuse me, movie I watched with subtitles because I just didn't want to miss any important factoids. Totally agree.
1: I've been watching a lot of things with subtitles recently. It's our old age. I agree. I do it, too. You think it's our old age? I don't know. I... I think pretty much anything that's not reality TV, yep. I watch with subtitles now, yep. just because I just want to make sure that I'm fully understanding everything, that I miss mm-hmm. nothing.
2: Same, 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 sis. So we will sign another movie on Monday. I just saw that February 12th, Whitney Houston and Brandy's um, Cinderella Cinderella is coming to Disney Plus, so that'll definitely be a future uh movie of the week but we don't have one picked for next week we'll announce it on Monday so if you have recommendations please feel free to drop them in our comments section
1: we've gotten some really great recs
2: yeah but other than that have an amazing weekend enjoy our next interview with Queen Meredith Marks you're gonna love it and after that the weekend's in front of you so enjoy it embrace it respect it
1: happy Super Bowl next time you see us we'll know which of one which one of us is the big winner should we place a little bet between the two of us 50? 50
2: $50 shake on it clammy hands (laughs) Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Meredith Marks interview. We'll see you on Monday. Bye. Bye. We are so excited to be sitting down with our fellow Jewess, our Queen of Salt Lake City, Meredith Marks from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. We're honored that you chose to engage as opposed to disengage (laughs) because we know you are the queen of disengaging and it is the most elegant way to just step out of an argument. We respect it so much. We really
1: do. Well,
0: sometimes you know there's no winning. And, um, when you, when someone's real fired up and they're not listening
2: and they're not speaking too respectfully, it just, what's the point? You have no choice. You have no choice. We're now heading into reunion. We got a whole season of Salt Lake City under our belt, under your belt. First season. How does it feel? Has your life changed a lot? Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, I think everybody's
0: lives have changed a lot over the course of this this year yeah, with yeah. with COVID and um, just our social political state of the particular country, but the world in general. Um, yeah, I think every just by virtue of that alone, that's a massive change coupled with, you know, now people know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very yeah. different thing than before, you know, and and um, and also not even just from the outside perspective, but from internally, I have changed quite a bit because um, Housewives was a very big growth experience for me in, in a lot of ways, Mo- mostly positive, not everything's positive, but <laughs> mostly positive. Um, you know, because it really does force you to be introspective and, and reevaluate. And um, it's kind of like, it's almost like when I went to law school, they teach you a certain way of thinking and reasoning. And this is certainly not legal reasoning by any stretch, but um, it it really forces you to think about things in in a much broader sense and how they affect everybody else and and really take into account, the impact of your words yeah. and your yeah. very different.
1: That's something that definitely comes through on your end while watching the show. The, first of all, the season is amazing. Like this has just been such a treat for us to have a new franchise and we absolutely love Utah. Love. Just the vibes of Salt Lake City are immaculate, immaculate and you're always like serving looks, bringing like... Just so much to the show, and we have been thoroughly enjoying it, so we just want to say thank, thank you, you for, your for work. that. And also, I think that you're, what you're referring to about having this broader perspective, like we, we really see in the way that you engage with the women, like I feel like your approach to being a housewife is kind of really refreshing because you feel like the friend that we all want to have, where it's like you're a good friend, but you also speak the truth. You speak facts. Yeah,
2: very matter-of-fact, very reasonable. I mean, thank you.
0: <laughs> I hope so, that's what I... I try to do, you know, it doesn't always work. Of course, sometimes emotion always gets in the way for all of us. And, um, but I I, I at least try to be aware of that. So I know that many times, you know, you predominantly see me stepping away from a situation and disengaging because of the way someone's speaking to me or whatever else. But I can also be on the other side of it. and, And I try to know when I'm going in that direction where it's going to become unproductive. And I try to step out because I don't know if the person I'm talking to is able to step out. Not everybody can.
2: Right. No, it's a very refined way of engaging as a housewife and it's something we've never seen before. Also, I think something really refreshing about you is just coming on to the season and just being very open and vulnerable about the struggles in your marriage, which I think a lot of people can relate to. And we're used to seeing, you know, a lot of housewives just pretending like everything's okay. And then, you know, one second later it's in the tabloids that they're getting divorced. So I think it's actually really refreshing and honest and vulnerable of you. And I definitely really appreciated it. I know some of the other women, they were they definitely took part in, you know, gossiping, mostly Jen Shaw, gossiping about it. And that must have been really hard, I can imagine, like having to go through it, but then also like dealing with judgment from the others. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was sort of like, you know, Seth and I were in a space where we were genuinely trying to repair our marriage and we had had um, years of us kind of sweeping it under the rug, like. A lot of people do. I understand why people do that. You know, we didn't, our children didn't know about our previous separations. Like we wanted to try to create a happy space for, for them and a safe space for them. And so um, we really were very quiet about it. And And then when we finally started to work on it, to have other people talking about you and, you know, talking about things that are not at all relevant, Seth and I were not dating other people last winter. Like that was something that was in the past that we had done. Previously, we were desperately trying to fix everything and we we didn't need things stirred up. It was just I don't understand it because the only people it impacts are me, Seth and my children. It has no impact on anybody yeah. else. So why do you care? Like right, yeah. mind your own business. Worry about your own marriage. Stop yeah, projecting really. your problems on me.
2: And now after the season finale and you've already filmed the reunions, do you feel like at peace with the women, especially Jen, who, you know, was running around telling everyone about your separation before you, do you feel like you got, you know, like that was reconciled? Um, Not entirely. Um,
0: I, the aspect of her talking about me behind my back, yeah, I think that's probably reconciled. You know, she apologized. What else can you do at that point? You know, if yeah. it, it, you can't change what's happened done is done um so you know like i certainly acknowledge her apology and 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 you you heard last night i accept the apology but i also question um you know not necessarily the sincerity but like if if are you able to be a good friend you know because your actions didn't show that so you can say you're sorry 101 times but if your actions aren't going to show that then what difference does your apology make anyway and so my view is let's see how actions manifest you know words are meaningless without action and so that's sort of how i i left it you know there and um and you know after last night there were more things that went on that caused more question marks in my head. And those are things that still need resolution, you know, yeah. with my relationship with Jen. Not as it relates to her talking about my marriage, other stuff. Yeah.
2: But that's a pattern we've seen. And it's kind of frustrating as a viewer to watch, you know, things get reconciled. You know, Jen apologizing to Mary or, or all these different instances and then kind of reverting back like the apology I think never, happened. never happened. Never happened. And and that's the thing, like, if
0: I'm going to accept an apology, I'm going to accept it. It doesn't mean that you ignore what happened. It means that you are accepting that that person is remorseful for it. And how you interact and move forward with them, it's probably not going to be the same. I mean, of course, it depends on what they're apologizing for. But, you know, it's probably not going to be exactly the same. It's it's up to you to decide. So just because I say yes, you know, I, I I hear your apology and I accept it or whatever doesn't mean that everything's just perfect again. It doesn't necessarily work that way. But it does mean that I acknowledge that you're remorseful and I forgive for myself. To me, forgiveness is always about yourself. It's not about the person. You know, not forgiving is more detrimental to me than it is
1: to her. Let's be honest. Yes, right.
0: And you, you see where it goes, you know, but, but it doesn't disappear.
1: Definitely. Well, we have a question for you because we're very obsessed with like the logistics of reality TV show filming. And we're curious how you joined the cast of the show. What was the process like? And in the early episodes of season one, it seems as though there was footage from months prior Did you guys film before you started filming what we're seeing now on the show. So, well, First of all, i I was contacted on a text
0: from a friend of mine who owns a restaurant in Park City. It's my favorite restaurant handle. Um, and uh, she said that her husband, um, is a producer, and or his, her husband's called Jeremy is a producer, and uh, they were interested in doing a show in Utah. Would I talk to them? And I said, sure, of course. I honestly thought that because I owned a store on Main Street, they just really wanted to kind of put my brain a little bit about Park City. I didn't really know it was anything beyond that. Hmm. And then, you know, it, it went from there. You know, we did, we did film some stuff early. So yes, there is, some stuff that you saw that are flashbacks where, you know, there are two moments that were were a little
1: bit earlier. Yeah. Got, Got it. It was cool to see. I like that. It gave context. It's frustrating when we're hearing about, you said this back then, but we don't get to see it. So I actually really liked the way that it all progressed. I felt like we had a better understanding of the dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, I, agree. I think
0: it's helpful because you know, it's hard. I think it's hard for everyone to understand that all of us are coming into this with a, a lifetime of history and you're starting in the middle you know and um it's like you know starting to read a book from chapter 10 (laughs) instead of chapter one and so it's it is hard i think for sometimes for you guys to all get the context of everything because a lifetime has happened before so i think you know any kind of flashback any kind of thing like that is always very helpful or or when we talk about you know stuff you know, and confessionals that, that ties back to things that have happened earlier on in our lives to give a sense of context to who we are.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Well, I want to shift gears really quickly because I think one of the things that really drew me to the show is kind of how it focuses on this like subculture in Utah with the Mormon church. And I think everyone knows, you know, Utah has a lot of Mormons, but to see it and learn, you know, about the the community is really, really interesting. And I also love that the cast is super diverse. Like you are Jewish and, you know, we love to see a Jew being represented in the Real Housewives. It's everything of the sort. But I'm curious what the Jewish community in Utah is like. We actually vacation in Utah quite a bit and I've never seen another Jew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, outside of Salt Lake City and Park City, it's like
0: probably, and I don't know, don't quote me on it, but 99.9% Mormon. I mean, it's very, you know, outside of of Park City and Salt Lake, it's very much Mormon. Um, However, in Park City, we have a, a, you know, a small community here. We have a temple here. Um, You know, for me, I am very, very proud of my history, very proud of my heritage. I'm not the most religious person, so um, I you know, I don't go to temple all that often, truth That's be told. Okay. You know, but um but we do sometimes and there is a community here and I never in Park City I never felt uncomfortable, like you know, as a minority because of being jewish I, you know i pro- honestly probably had more anti-semitism in chicago growing up than i did ever in park city Interesting. so uh, it's not it's not like a i don't know at least up here it's it's a pretty accepting community
2: that's it's wonderful and you just well you recently filmed the reunions they're starting to air next week it was obviously the first season first time filming a reunion what was that like how long was the shoot day how did you choose your outfit like take us through the whole thing so um, well, my outfit,
0: you know, we, I, I, um, I worked with a, a Lebanese designer Babaki, on a um, custom look. I wanted something that ties back to my general aesthetic, which I think everybody knows is a blazer and flare pant. Um, so I wanted a dress that sort of, you know, had structure to it. So it had that kind of a vibe. Um, so we worked on that, you know, together. And um, the the day itself was was quite long because of course we have COVID testing first thing in the morning at like 6 or 7 a.m. I don't know what time it was, but it's, it's early. You know, Very we have early. to keep everyone safe and healthy and that was great. They, you know, everyone was tested multiple times before they were ever, you know, allowed to participate. And, uh, you know, hair, makeup, the whole thing. And then finally we get going and we were finished I mean, after 10 p.m. close to 11 p.m., wow, something wow. somewhere in there. It's a very long day, and I think, you know, there's a lot of issues that are going on with um, a lot of the ladies, and, and everyone wants to be heard, and I think that everyone sort of felt that was their opportunity. But I also feel like even with as much time as we were talking, there was still so much more to be said. We could have spent yeah. days,
2: you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so excited to see it. I think it's going to be great. I think the season has been excellent. You are really just one of our favorites. You are so genuine and so honest, and I think a lot of people really respect you being just so open about everything. Because if you come on a TV show about your life and you try to hide stuff, It just doesn't work out. That's not a genuine, authentic way of going about it. So honestly, props to you because it was really awesome to watch. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys having me here
0: today.
2: Of course, keep being the queen that you are, disengage when it's appropriate. (laughs) And we can't wait to see you on the reunion. Congrats on everything. It's been so fun to watch. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you guys again soon.
1: Yes, thank you guys
2: so much for listening. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.